Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! You know, I had um, this message on my heart uh, two weeks ago, and um, I'll give you the title first. It's called uh, Good Challenge. The Good Challenge. And how do we respond in a good way to challenges that come along our paths? And ironically, ironically, as I was preparing for this message this week, I had one of the most horrible weeks this week. Really, I had a horrible, horrible week. Uh, I know Rora texted me on Friday and said, how are you doing? I said, I was just about to break down the office because I had so much work. <laughs> you know, that, this, that, that, that one of those weeks where in the office, I, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I, I have just so much work. Even when I'm doing something, my heart is beating so fast because I feel like I got so many other things to do and I can't focus on one thing. And it was just one thing after another, and I felt like, oh God, what is this? <laughs> you know, I was like working from nine to seven without a break, just literally 10 minutes, go for lunch, from grab a salad downstairs and come back. Yes, I eat salads for lunch. Uh, uh, grab salad from. <laughs> okay, I know you guys eat rice for lunch, but <laughs> yes, but um, and I, I felt like, oh God, it's such a horrible week, and Pastor Dave not being around, I was like, oh God, what is this? And I felt God say, hey, um, and so I just want to let you know, even as I'm preaching today, I'm also, it's just a message that I've been preaching to myself as well, and what God has been speaking to me throughout this week, uh, through my different challenges this week. And talking about the good challenge, you know, in life, all of us go through challenges. You know, like it or not, there will be challenges in life. This is not a curse, right? This is just a matter of fact, right? Uh, whether Maybe some of you here are going through different challenges right now. Maybe some of you are in your first year and you feel like settling down in London feels, gosh, what is this? I don't really like London. Um, it feels very, really overwhelming with the different courses that you're doing, different people that you're meeting, and it, feels, can be, it can feel quite overwhelming and can be a challenge. Or maybe some of you here, you're starting your third year or you're doing a master's or you're doing your postgrad and it feels like, God, I feel like how come I have tripled the work I had for the last two years? And it feels like, oh, that is such a big wall in front of me. Or maybe some of us are, are looking for a job and it feels like, oh, God, how come there's no breakthrough in my job? How come it feels like that it's so much challenge? Or maybe some of us who are working, we're like, oh, God, I don't work. <laughs> that, that's me. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 I thank God for my job. <laughs> but no, no that, that, that's different challenges. Maybe some of us are going through just different challenges. And like it a lot in life, there will be challenges. And, but the, the, thing, the thing that makes a difference is how do we respond to these challenges that will make the difference in our life? You know, um, I think most, I mean, most of us shy away from challenges. I do. I feel like, God, please, no challenge. I like my life to be smooth where I can know my daily routine, I know what's in front of me, but you know, life is not going to be like that. And, but the thing is, um, you know, I mean, when I was preparing for this, uh, I was reading through the Bible, I was just going through like, God, what, where, where, where should I learn from? And I came across really the story of Joseph. You know, one person in the Bible who really went through a lot of challenges in life is Joseph. For those of you, maybe I'll just do a quick, quick recap of the the key moments of Joseph's life, so all of us kind of know the story, so that when I preach, you're like, what is this Joseph? Who is this Joseph? So basically, Joseph was the great-grandson of Abraham. Yes, great-grandson of Abraham. Yes, and uh, Joseph was the, 11, the brother number 11 out of 12 brothers, and I'm going to split it down to four key moments, four, four or five key moments that he had in his life. The first one is this, Joseph was the favourite 
of his father, the favorite son of his father. You know, if you flip to Genesis, and if you read through the story of Joseph, just to let you know, I'm just summarizing this up for you. But the key, the, the, the story of Joseph is found from Genesis 37 all the way to Genesis 50. It's quite easy to read, don't worry about it. But the first thing is this, we need to know about Joseph was his, 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 he was his father's favorite son. You know, if you read in Genesis 37 verse 3, it says this, Now Israel, which is Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his other children because his was, he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. So Joseph was someone that his father loved more than all his other brothers. And that, of course, caused a bit of jealousy among the brothers. Brothers didn't like him because it felt like, how come the father favored him a lot? So that caused a lot of, so in a sense, hatred among his brothers. All right? So that's the first point of Joseph's life. And because of this hatred or this jealousy among his brothers, Joseph was, uh, his brothers then formed a plan to sell him to well, they wanted to kill him at first, but they didn't kill him, but then they sold him to the certain traders. So that's found in Genesis 37, verse 28. So if you read that, it says that the different traders passed by, the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. So that's the second moment of Joseph's life. No, his brother really, really hated him so much that they just wanted to throw him in the, kill him, throw him in the pit, but instead, they saw some traders, and the traders then sold him, sold Joseph on to, brought him to Egypt. So the second part of Joseph's life. Yeah. The third part is this. When Joseph reached Egypt, he was sold to Potiphar's house. Potiphar was one of the captains or one of the personal uh, members of Pharaoh's office. office. Yeah. So if you read through in Genesis 39, verse 1, I'm just picking out key verses, okay? Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. So in that pro during that period, um, Joseph was actually serving in Pot Potiphar's house as his slave. So basically, Joseph became from the most beloved son to slave boy in somebody's house, right? So that was the third moment of his life. And during in Potiphar's house, Potiphar had a wife who was very attracted to Joseph and tried to seduce him. But I think Joseph resisted it. And as a result, the wife got angry and then tried to frame him for rape, so to say. And because of that, uh, her husband believed her, of course, and then he threw Joseph into prison. So go on to the fourth moment of Joseph's life. Joseph was then thrown into prison. If you read Genesis 31 verse 19. Sorry, a lot of verses today, okay? <laughs> eh, sorry. Okay, ignore this verse. But it's found in Genesis 39, verse 20. Sorry, actually it was 20. But don't worry about it. And he was thrown into prison. And he spent a number of years in prison as well. And after that, uh, during prison, he served the guard. He, served, he did this different stuff in prison. And after that, uh, one day, Pharaoh, Pharaoh was the uh, ruler of Egypt at that time. Uh, Pharaoh had a dream. And he, he couldn't, uh, he had a dream and none of his people in his courts could interpret his dream. And um, Joseph was called in to interpret his dream because he inter interpreted different people's dreams before and it got back to Pharaoh like, hey, there's this guy in prison that can interpret dreams. So Pharaoh, uh, Joseph was brought into Pharaoh's court and then he interpreted the dream for Pharaoh and then he was then promoted. Ta-da! So that's all the different seasons of uh, Joseph's lives. Sounds quite epic, right? Sounds like your Korean drama. You don't need to read Korean drama anymore. You can read the Word of God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there was like such a diff different moments that we read 
in Joseph's life. And how many of you agree that he went through like really a lot of tribulation? He went through a lot of challenges. And today we want to take into go through the different parts, um, go take, take different parts of this his story, his journey, and what we can learn from it when we when we go through different uh, challenges as well. You know the first thing about this about challenges. What I've realized is this. Challenges actually re- help us to check our hearts. I'll take this, po- this point from the angle of the brothers. If you read Genesis 37, verse 3 to 4 again, it says that we read verse 3, and then he's, verse three, we read verse 3 again. It says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was a son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when the brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. So you can see how much the brothers hated him. If you read through in Genesis 37, verse 2, I think, or verse 3, I can't remember. Verse 2, I think. It talks about how Joseph's always go and tell tale on the brothers, on his, on his brothers. He always goes to, erase, um, in Genesis verse 2, I think it says that he always talked the bad stuff that his brothers had done to his father. So there was one strike against Joseph again already by his brothers. Second thing is, hey, your, my father loved you more. How come we share the same father, but how come dad loves you more? And he makes it so obvious that he gave you a tunic. He gave you a beautiful coat. I don't know how the coat looks like, but the Bible says that it was a tunic. It was a beautiful, tun- uh, it was a beautiful coat. So you know, can you imagine if you are the brothers? Do you think he had, uh, the brothers had valid reason to not like Joseph? Yes, yes. <laughs> I think if I was the brother, I would hate Joseph. Lord. I would really hate Joseph because if you, read, if you read verse 37, verse 4, it says the brothers could not speak peacefully, peace, peace, uh, peacefully to him. And in our Jewish culture, how they greet one another is they greet in shalom, which means peace, which means that talk that the brothers couldn't even greet him properly in the traditional Jewish greeting. That's how much his brothers did not like him. And out of that hatred, out of that dislike of Joseph, or I, they form a plan to really kill him. And if you read through the, if you read through Genesis 37, I was just like, God, so horrible, the brothers. You know, they're planning to kill him and trying to cover up their sin and say that they're trying to cover up and say, hey, no, we will throw his coat away and get some animal stain and then we'll tell our father that actually an animal killed him. And then they said, then they were trying to form different schemes, different ways of getting rid of Joseph. And I was just thinking about it, like, God, did it not occur to them? These were brothers that were brought up in a God-loving environment. No, did it not occur to them that they were doing something wrong? How come, how come among them there was not a sane person, but all of them were just so angry at Joseph that all of them could have to come up with, could, could come up with such a plan to your own brother? And I was just like, and I felt like, God, I won't do it. So brave, right? <laughs> and I felt the Holy Spirit say, no. Please don't. I felt the Holy Spirit almost check me and say no. That's the thing. We always need to always check our hearts. We always need to guard our hearts because in in Jeremiah 17 verse 9, it says the heart is deceitful above all else. No, sometimes challenges actually reveals actually what's in our heart. You know, for like Joseph's brother's case, it revealed the hatred that they had 
for Joseph. You know, what is that challenge that you are going through? You know, I pray that you will, even as challenges come, you will, even as maybe different things might come out, you might get angry at God or you feel like, how come this person is making me like this? Or different circumstances might come. I pray that we will not allow the circumstances, but we will take a step back and check our hearts and like, God, actually, what's in my heart? You know, what's in my heart? Do I need to check my heart? You know, um, and even today, I was just thinking about it and I was preparing for a message and I was uh, just getting ready to come to church. And I told you I had a really, really busy day at work, a busy week at work, which spilled into next week. And all I could think about this morning was just, okay, when I get into work, I need to do A, B, C, D, E, and this and that. It's only Sunday morning and I was just really thinking, oh God, I need to do this. Oh gosh, how, this, that. And I, I think I spent 10 minutes in the shower, didn't realizing I was just thinking about work. And I felt the Holy Spirit ask me, actually, Kat, what is in your heart? You know, is it work that consumes you so much? Or is it me that you can't even put me first on a Sunday when you're preaching? I was like, oh yeah, God, sorry. <laughs> and the point is this, that none of us, are, all of us here are human. But the thing is, we always need to always check our hearts. No, don't let the challenges come. But always throughout, even your journey, even your daily life, even what you do, always check your heart and allow God to, allow the Holy Spirit to speak into what's in your heart. You know, don't allow the challenges to come then when you're like, oh God, how? I don't want to deal with this issue. You know, um, but even I encourage you, before even the challenge come, even before different circumstances come, ask God, God, what it is that I need to work on? Don't allow the challenges come to let that heart issue overwhelm you, but do it. Let's continuously do it now. Amen? The second point is this. In every challenge, we have a choice. To trust God or get bitter at God. There's always a choice. And maybe repeat this again. There's always a choice in every circumstance, in every challenge, whether we can trust and see His hand or we can get angry and bitter at Him. You know, if you read different verses in Genesis 39, verse 2, you know, when um, Joseph was thrown into, uh, was, uh, was brought into Potiphar's house, um, 39 verse, Genesis 39 verse 2, it says this, the Lord was with Joseph. You know, um, the Lord with, was with Joseph and he was a successful man. So even in the midst of that storm, the Lord was with him. In Genesis 39 verse 21, when Joseph was in prison, again it's repeated, the Lord was with Joseph. You know, and I was reading through these passages and I was like, why is it repeated again and again in different circumstances of Joseph's life that the Lord was with him? And I believe that Joseph responded or learned to trust God or acknowledge the hand of God still, even in those circumstances. You know, how do you, I was like, God, why, why? I was reading, I was like, God, why did you keep saying that? And I, I realized, I think it was because Joseph decided still to trust the Lord. No, Joseph did not allow himself to get angry or bitter, but he continuously trusted Lord. And I was just like, wow, that's amazing. Because imagine being betrayed by your brothers. I'll be so, I don't know. I think I just want to cry. Um, but I think, you know, I, I don't think I would be able to trust God because I feel like, God, why did you bring me to a foreign land into slavery and I got betrayed by my own brothers? But yet, despite that circumstance that he was in, Joseph actually took that could still acknowledge God and the Bible says that the Lord was with him. He was thrown into prison because he was trying to do a right thing and we were like, oh God, what is this? And yet he still acknowledged God in all this time and yet he would say the Lord and that's why the Bible says the Lord was 
with Joseph. You know, again, likewise in our different challenges. You know, do not allow bitterness to consume us, but in every challenge, in every different situation that we go through, we have a choice at that point in time. Do we trust God or do we get angry? Do we trust God and we complain to God, God, how come my breakthrough is not around? Do we trust God still even though we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel? There's always, can I, can I say this again? There's always a choice. You know what is trusting God for you here today? Maybe for some of us here, we just need to bring our problems to God. You know, sometimes I remember one period of my life, I was going through some stuff and I just refused to bring it to God because I was scared. What happens if I brought it to God and God did not come true? So I'd rather not bring it to God. What is that? Is that some, some, for some of us, maybe it's just that, bringing your problems and crying out to God. Maybe some of us here is still to follow, to praise God, still in spite of the circumstance. No. It is tough to praise God in the middle of a challenging situation. That's why it takes faith. But is that that's still called trust in God? Maybe some of us need to do that again. Maybe some of us need to take a step back and get on our knees before God again and say, God, I have no other way, but here you are. Is that what's, your, what's for you a trust in God? Maybe some of us here, trusting God still means being faithful to all that He has called you to be. Maybe, you know, if you read in Joseph's life, when he was in Potiphar's house, he still tried to keep himself pure. He could have easily slept with Potiphar's wife and nobody would have knew about it. Only God, but he said, no, I want to do what's right by God. And maybe some of us here know sometimes when situations come, when the, the saying comes, when push, push comes to shove, we give up. We're like, you know what, God, I, 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 don't, deal with, I don't deal with you, God. I want to solve my problems. You know, maybe church becomes the second priority. God becomes the second priority. You know, but in Joseph, in spite of his circumstance, he trusted, but he still continued in the Lord's commandments. So what is trust for you? No different people, all of us here are on different journeys. No, what is that trust? And I pray that in that, cho- in, that, in that circumstance, you will just learn. You will just allow God to trust. You will just allow yourself and make that choice to trust in God. Don't allow your feelings to overwhelm you, but allow yourself and say, like, look, today I have a choice. You know, I, I don't have to depend on how I feel, but I have a choice. And I was just preparing that and God really reminded me of this time in my life. Okay, some of you may have heard this story, some of you may not have heard, but I was remembering this, and I remember when me and Pastor Dave got engaged, um, which was quite a while ago, but <laughs> we got engaged, right, and I was like, yay, we're happy and all that, right, uh, he did a wonderful time in planning the proposal, uh, so if you want tips, you can ask him, or different married people, I'm sure they will have tips for you, uh, but, and I remember this, and I came home, I remember my father was not very supportive of my relationship with Pastor Dave, uh, because he felt like, how come I was dating a guy who was working in church? And because my dad's not a believer, and he felt like, how come you're giving up your life for a guy who in that sense is, in, that, in, my, dad's words, in my dad's words at that time, very useless and could not support you. You know, he felt, my dad felt like, how come you... My dad felt like, yeah, Dave could not provide to the standard of care that you were used to. So my dad... Well, I kind of knew that he wasn't happy with it, but I, you know, you can't ignore it. But then <laughs> when you come home and say, hey, dad, I've engaged, suddenly he's like, oh, dad, I'm like, I remember he got so angry at me and Dave. And he, he said a lot of hurtful words that night. And I was like, 
I was so angry because I felt like, Dad, how come this is the day that I got engaged? It was supposed to be one of the happiest days of my life. How come you spoiled it with your words? I remember it came to the point where, okay, it was very bad. I ran to my room to cry and left Pastor Dave alone. Because <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't handle it anymore because I was like, I can't deal with this anymore. And then I, I think I got into, and then my dad was saying, your God is this. And I got so angry. I said, don't you dare insult my God, okay? And then I think my grandma came out and shouted at both of them, shut up. <laughs> and then I was like, but I remember my dad said, fine, I won't come to your wedding. And then I was like, <laughs> okay, I was angry then. Then I was, go- I got so angry. I was like, Dad, how come you don't understand? It's not like I'm dating someone horrible. I'm not dating like a scumbag. <laughs> I'm dating a good guy, right? But my dad couldn't see it at that time. And I think I remember feeling feeling so angry. And I remember like, God, what is this? I remember God like, oh God, what is this? And I remember walking with Pastor Dave to his car, and I remember saying, I'm so sorry. I kept saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Then he said, no, you still, then I remember he said this, let's decide now and this before, before we get to church the next morning, because of Saturday when he proposed. And he said, we have a choice today to forgive your dad. I was like, huh? <laughs> I was very angry. I was really, really very angry. Okay, maybe he's not so emotional as me, so I was really angry. But he said, we have a choice today whether to forgive your dad right there and then. Then he said, come, we must pray. And I remember praying and submitting it to God. And I was upset. I cried that night. I went to church. When people congratulate me, I started crying instead. Of not happy, but I cried because of sad tears. But I think I remembered this and I felt at that time, yeah, but I was glad at that time when I prayed, I, I released forgiveness unto God. It wasn't easy. Can I be honest with you? It was tough. It was so difficult. But at that time, again, like I told, I, I think if only, I, I, let me say again, we have a choice. You know, in that, in that circumstance, whatever you're going through, do we acknowledge God that God is good, that God still is in control? Or do we succumb to that circumstance? Do we succumb, let the feelings of whatever that we're going through, that challenge overwhelm us? But we, do we still to choose to trust and praise God? Of course, now, because seven years has passed, and yes, my dad, and by the grace of God, really, my dad has just done a complete 720 degrees, not even 360, <laughs> 720 20 degrees around, and um, he and Pastor Dave, and my, we are all good now, and it's really by the grace of God. But let me say this again, there is, and I, I think even in Joseph's life, every season, every point that he mentioned, he had a choice. Do I get God angry at God when I got thrown into slavery, but I'll still trust God because He is good? You know, when I get thrown into prison, do I trust God because He is still good? So what, what, what are you facing? I, can I just... And the thing about Joseph I love about this is this. And I, I think that really showed the condition of his heart. If you read Genesis 41, verse 51 to 52, it says this. Sorry. <laughs> Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. Okay, I think I'm pronouncing it wrong. But it says, For God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the next one in 52. Okay, don't worry about 52. But then Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he says, God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Wow, can you imagine if you're Joseph? God, he could still name his son and acknowledge 
the goodness of God in those circumstances. So I encourage you, next time that you're going through a different challenge, take a step back. Look up to God, look up to heaven and know that God has still a plan. God is still working. There's always good when God, there's God, that, that God is still working on your behalf. Amen. The last point is this. In every challenge, in every situation that we go through, there is a purpose. There is a purpose. The first thing is this. Could it be that God is just setting us up for our destiny? Could it be that God is just setting up for the next big thing that He has for us? You know, if you read um, Genesis 39, verse 4 to 6, this was the account when Joseph was in Potiphar's house. So this is when he was in Potiphar's house. So it's the third part of his life, okay? So it says this, Joseph found favor in his sight. His sight means Potiphar and served him. Then he means Potiphar made him the overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So it was from this time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was all that he had in the house and in the field. Then he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Wow, Joseph was so good at, I guess, administration and different stuff. That the Bible says that Potiphar did not know, did not worry about anything except when his next meal was coming from. That I, I believe he was just managing Potiphar's house then. If you read through, that was his account. That was what he was doing in Potiphar's house. And if you bring all the way to his time in prison, in Genesis 39, verse 22 to 23, it says this, And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, he was, it was his doing. The keeper of the house did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made him prosper. Do you see the consistency in Joseph's story there? He was, again, the, 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 the prison, the, ward, the head warden did not know anything. Joseph, here, yeah, do. I wish all of us had bosses like that. Just do. <laughs> but yeah, that was Joseph. And I think all this set him up because when Pharaoh, fight, when he finally appeared uh, before Pharaoh, Pharaoh told him this. And when he basically when he appeared before Pharaoh, he told Pharaoh there's going to be a famine in Egypt for the next, for the first seven years there will be good, there will be a very prosperous time for Egypt, and the next sub subsequent seven years there will be a famine coming across uh, Egypt. And he told Pharaoh, look, this is how you need to do this. You need to uh, collect one fifth of your crops from your people, store them away, so when famine comes, then you can you have enough to eat. And Pharaoh said this to him, hey. Yeah, Joseph, you are the wisest of this because the spirit of the God, is, the spirit of God, is upon you, and I will make you in charge of this. Pharaoh had no knowledge of. I don't know whether Pharaoh had any knowledge of Joseph at all. But here he go. Pharaoh saying, "Here, basically, Joseph, you're in charge." And I believe that God was really setting him up when Joseph was in Potiphar's house and the prison, just doing what he knew best, maybe. Maybe just doing what he can at that time. He probably didn't know that Pharaoh, well, he one day was going to appear before Pharaoh's court. He didn't know that one day that God, Pharaoh was going to appoint him to be the overseer of the collection of everything and make him the second most powerful man in Egypt. Can you see the consistency there? Can you see how God began to set Joseph up? I do not believe that in Joseph's wildest dreams, he, he dreamt that he would be the second most powerful person in Pharaoh, in, in Egypt. 
can you see how God is setting us up? So in every challenge that we go through, there is a purpose, friends. Can I encourage you? There is a purpose. Let's just be faithful. Let's be faithful in all that we are going through and we never know. You never know what God is going to bring you through. Amen? The second thing about this, about challenges, is this. It begins to increase our capacity to comfort others. You know, having gone through a challenge, you know, it helps you to be able to comfort or reach out to other people who are going through the same thing. You know, if you had not gone through some, you know, sometimes, for example, I remember um, when I was looking for a job, for example, I never had to worry about looking for a job prior to coming to the UK. But when I was looking for a job, I was like taking such a long time and my and yeah, I mean, God gave me my breakthrough. But now that I look back, now when people tell me, oh, I need a breakthrough in my job, I know how to pray for them. I know how to reach out to them because I, I know what is it like to face different rejections. I know what is it like to go through that period of looking for a job. But I see God allows us to go through, when we go through different challenges, the different emotions that we feel, the different frustrations that we feel, God, uh, when we, we can, we, God actually allows us, to, we can always use it for His glory. We can use it to reach out to different ones in your life. We can use the, the different challenges, the, what we have learned from that, to reach out to different people. Yeah. No, uh, that day I was just uh, scrolling through Facebook, as usual. Um, <laughs> and I, you know how different people randomly posted different video stuff, right? And I came across this uh, video when I was preparing it, and um, I don't know why this person was sharing about uh, Mother Teresa. Right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Quite a rare, unusual share. But she was sharing about Mother Teresa and, um, and she shared about this um, speech that Mother Teresa was giving. And I thought like, wow, Mother Teresa, was, she was basically sharing that when she was minister uh, during her time in India, she said, one day a family, a person came up to her and said, there's this family that is, has eight children and they are very hungry. They haven't eaten for a very long time. So Mother Teresa said, okay, I went back to the house, brought some rice, and brought it for this family. And she said, Mother Teresa said when she, she reached there, she could see the children just looking at her with their eyes. Her words, her, her words were, their eyes were shining with hunger. And the mother of that family took the rice and divided it into two and then brought it to her next door neighbor. And then what Mother Teresa wrote, said that day was that what surprised me was not that she gave her rice well, what was not because um, what surprised me that day she said was in her suffering and in her hunger she knew that somebody else was hungry too. Can you see that, friends? You know, when we are going through different stuff, God allows us to go through it, but we can always use whatever we have learned, the different things that we have learned, the different challenges that, that we have learned, and minister to others. You know, it helps us to be more human, so to say. You know, sometimes we can live in that little bubble, that Christian bubble, but we forget what is it like when different ones are going through different stuff. You see, God allows us to go through different challenges and to allow us to reach out so that more people can reach, can know about Him. The last point is this. In every challenge, it increases our endurance. Now, if you read in James verse 1, verse 2, it says this. My, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Oh, sorry. My fault. When you call into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work 
that you may be perfect and completely lacking nothing. The Bible says this, count it all joy when we fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience and patience has its perfect work. No, at different ch every challenges that we go through, can, can you see that your faith is being pruned? Your faith is being refined. Your faith, your, God is purifying your faith. And I believe that what really every season of your life that Joseph was going through, God was just, just pruning him. God was just uh, increasing his patience. God was just increasing his faith. And if you come to the end of the story, um, it says that one day Joseph actually met back his brothers and he actually found it in his heart to forgive his brothers. How many of us can do that? I'll be like, no way, man, I'm doing this. You threw me to prison. And, and yet, but Joseph could find in his heart to forgive his brothers. And I believe it was because his, his testing produces an endurance and a patience and a character within him that allowed him to forgive his brothers. You know, the time when Joseph was taken into, was sold on to the Egyptians, he was 17 years old. The Bible says when he actually finally met, went into Pharaoh's court, he was 30. Can you imagine 13 years of your life just being a slave, being in prison? But yet the Bible says that I'll be so angry, you know, I don't think I could, I don't think I will ever have that. I was just like, oh, I don't think I will ever will be able to humanly forgive someone who put me in this situation for 13 years. 13 years of not like happy in London, but 13 years of literally torture of being a slave. But yet the Bible says that God, if you read in Genesis later on, 50, verse 90, it says that God, I for, uh, Joseph told his brothers, I have forgiven you completely. Wow, can you imagine that kind of faith, that kind of character? And if every challenge, God is going to begin to prune our character, prune our, our faith so that one day we can, so that we, we can get to the best where we can with Him. Amen. The last of all this is this. Even in every challenge, we are not alone. We have a God that is with us. You know, in Genesis 15, and I'll end with this, Genesis 50 verse 19, it says this, Do not be, Joseph said this, You meant evil against me when he told his brothers, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about this way so that many people around me can be alive. You know, we have a God that is still working on our behalf. Romans 8.28 says, For God is working together for the good of those who love Him. God is not silent. We are not serving a God. You know, you can turn to God because God is not just a silent God, but God is someone who can turn maybe a bad situation into something good. You know, good for not just yourself, for the people around you, for His testimony, for His glory. Amen? Amen. I pray that even as we go through different stuff, maybe you're going, maybe you're feeling like, hey, I'm okay now, but hey, come on, let's begin to work on ourselves. So when challenges come, we don't go through our way. We don't get thrown away. Or if we're going through different stuff, I pray that you will just begin to allow God to check our hearts and repair and ask God, God, what are issues that I have to deal with? You know, allow uh, or, and begin to trust Him and look to Him and know that in every situation, we still have a choice to trust Him and acknowledge His goodness. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, Lord, we thank you again, oh Father God, for your word, God. We thank you really for 
um, what you have uh, deposited within us. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will continuously uh, even check our hearts right now, Father God. Know that we will not just be thinking that we are okay, but God, begin to search us, Holy Spirit. What do we need to work on? Are there things that maybe I don't know? Uh, God, and I pray that you begin to search us within us, God. God, I pray for everyone here, different ones here. Maybe you're going through a different, difficult situation right now where you just want to lift up your hands and surrender it to God and I want to keep you in prayer as well. Amen. No, that's you. Why don't you just begin to lift up your hands in surrender to God. No, Father God, I pray that you've seen these different hands around us. You know what we are going through. You know the different situations that we are going through. You know the, the, the different challenges that's before us. But God, I pray that in every challenge, we'll take this, your word that says that God, I have a choice today. I have a choice to still trust and acknowledge your goodness in my life. Because God, you are a God that Bible says what the enemy meant for what you meant for evil, God, turn it for good. No, God, and I pray that we'll never lose sight of who you are. I pray that we'll always just lift up our praise unto you. We'll always bring our problems to you. We'll come before you, O oh Father God. So God, and I pray for different ones here that are going through different stuff. May you be with them. May you continuously strengthen them. May you just give them your peace. Give them your courage. Give them what they need, oh Father God, to just go through these different journeys that they are on, oh God. So God, again, we commit ourselves unto you. We give you all the praise and we thank you again for this time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.